Hello and welcome to episode 337 of the VegGrow podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow as much food as I possibly can in my allotment at Modern Victory Garden. Today is the 22nd of June 2020 and today in just a moment I'll be talking about how I grow elephant garlic. Very easy to grow and I highly recommend it but first let's find out what I've been up to over the weekend. Well, it's Saturday the 20th of June 2020 today. Today, I have been sowing some more peas. Now, peas have been a bit elusive for me. I can grow them, but I always seem to have problems with them. And this year has been no exception. This year, I've grown some peas at home, and I've grown some peas on the allotment. The peas at home, they were growing great. They were really off to a nice-looking plant. But I had them growing under the protection of some wire mesh. Well, the peas couldn't really grow past that wire mesh, so I had to adjust the protection. Then that let the chickens in, and they ate the pea plants. The pea plants are still growing, but they're just not really doing much because they're being nibbled constantly. Now, that means I'm sowing more peas to try and make sure I can get some this time round. And hopefully, I'll beat the chickens by potting up some proper protection. Now, these peas I'm sowing in the length of guttering with some multi-purpose compost. I've done this before. It works quite well. It means I can just slide the root balls out into the ground. And the variety of peas that I'm actually sowing is a pea called Petit de Provence, which can be sown right up until the end of July. So... But still time to make up for the lack of peas. Now, other than that today, the wife and I, we have had a tidy up of the garden and a sweep around the garden area. My neighbours, actually, they have given me a couple of water butts. So they are, they are very much <laughs> welcome. And it brings me up to 15 water butts now, so quite a few. But yeah, they're, they're going to go down well. Now I've also pricked out some of my cabbage and swede seedlings. Now I've sown these a couple of weeks ago. I'm just getting them up into their individual trays where hopefully they will continue to grow and make the best out of what we get. And eventually they'll go into the ground and uh, do us well. So yeah, a rather busy, productive day. It's Sunday the 21st of June 2020 today overnight i'm afraid i've got some bad news to share you may remember that last week we had some more quail but one of the quails seemed to be struggling to hatch until i stepped in unfortunately that quail didn't make it and it passed on overnight i tried my best with it i kept a close eye on it i just don't think it was strong enough to make it and i'm very sorry to share that bad news with you it is part of keeping animals, I guess, is they do pass on no matter what you do. Now, anyway, moving on from that, today I have been pricking out a lot more of my seedlings. My beet leaf, my rocket and my basil. Again, like yesterday, these were sown a couple of weeks ago and they've been growing well, but it's time to get them into root trainers and hopefully they will grow on before I can plant them out. Now, I find it pricking out to be a very time-consuming and a little tedious job. However, on a nice day like today, I've got some podcasts on in this shed, in the potting, potting shed. And uh, time does pass by and I get these jobs done. So, 
it may be a boring, tedious job, but it's worth it in the end. Now, to prick out my seedlings, what I do is I use a dibber and just gently remove each plant and pop them up into individual root trainers to grow on. Pretty soon, these will go into the ground. Now, I'm often asked, why do I sow seeds in pots instead of putting the seeds into the ground? And the main reason that I do this is so that I find that if I sow seeds in the ground, they have to battle against weeds. And those weeds, they can inhibit the growth of the plants. And also, if I remove the weeds, it disturbs the young seedlings. So... My logic is that I start pretty much all my seeds in pots and then I will plant them out at a later date. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. It's just it, it's what works for me. It probably does make my workload a bit more, but it does. It works for me. That's all I can say, really. Anyway, that's what I've been up to today. Well, it's Monday the 22nd of July 2020 and today I've been on the allotment. Now, I've noticed actually the allotment is quite quiet compared to how it was just a few weeks ago. I'm guessing more and more people are now returning to work and, and uh, possibly also avoiding the heat and going early morning and late afternoon, which is something I'm going to have to start thinking about. Anyway, today I built myself my second compost bin. Now, at the beginning of lockdown, you may remember I built a compost bin out of some old pallet wood. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there's a video on YouTube if you are interested in that. And I'll link to that in the blog post. Well, today I built my second one. Pretty much the same way, just a bit bigger. My first one, that's all full up and I've even planted squash plants in it. So I needed another bin in order to start making more and more compost. Now this is using up my collection of old pallet wood that was originally used in my beds, which means I'm recycling more and more wood, which I'm rather pleased with. It's not costing me anything other more than a few nails, which don't cost a huge amount of money, to be honest. But the downside with this, I've got to say, they don't look that attractive. And using nails, the wood does occasionally fall out. Now usually when I build anything, I tend to use screws, but for this I thought nails will do, and they will do. It's just they're not going to last. And I'm not expecting these bins to last forever anyway. But if I can get a couple of years out of them, and then I will make some better looking compost bins, which I'll be happy with. Now, of course, after that, I did some weeding and watering, which is just a constant task at the moment. It's very, very dry still. We have had a bit of rain over the weekend, but on a whole, it's very, very dry. Anyway, it's getting hot now, and I believe we're heading for a heat wave this week, so I think I shall be coming down to the allotment early in the morning from now on. Well, that's it for this diary section, but as always, please let me know what you've been doing in your own garden or allotment. Another eventful weekend here at the VegGrowth Podcast HQ. Rather sad about the young quail that we did lose, but we do have two that have survived and seem very happy. So today I wanted to talk about how I grow elephant garlic. Now I've been growing elephant garlic for many years now, and I originally started off with just one clove. Now since then, every year I have saved the largest bulb and replanted that in order to keep my supply of elephant garlic going. Now, if you don't know what elephant garlic is, it's very similar looking to garlic, but it's about twice the size at least. It smells the same as garlic, 
but it has a slightly more milder taste. Technically, it's not a garlic. It's more closely related to leeks. Now, I found that the biggest advantage elephant garlic has over standard garlic is that it stores for much longer. I've kept elephant garlic for a year and it has been fine. So how do we go about growing it? Well, every year in about September, October, I plant the cloves out individually. Now, these cloves are from the largest bulb harvested earlier that same year. So I've just harvested my elephant garlic last week. The largest bulb from that will be what gets planted out in September, October this year. Now I pop the clothes individually into the soil, keeping the pointy end up about four to six inches deep and about 12 inches apart. So they like plenty of space and they need plenty of space because they do grow big. The soil doesn't generally need much treatment beforehand. Plenty of organic matter, but that is pretty standard on my beds anyway, and just try and keep it all weed-free. Now, I grow my elephant garlic in the same bed as my standard garlic. This, for me, just helps me keep myself organised. Now, once planted, I water in well and try and keep well watered. Over the winter months, this is not hard because we get plenty of rain, but come the spring, it does tend to dry out quite quickly and they do need lots of water. Now I feed my elephant garlic with a garlic feed, the same as that I use for my standard garlic. And I get that from the garlic farm, which I shall link to in the blog post for this podcast. Elephant garlic does like plenty of sunlight, but will tolerate a bit of shade. On my allotment, it's in full sun all day, so I don't worry about that. Now I do find elephant garlic to be much later than standard garlic to show signs of growth. To the point that I'm starting to freak out if it's actually going to grow. But what I've learned now is just to be patient with it. It never lets me down. Then once it's grown, it's just a case of keeping it weed free, well watered and well fed. I probably sprinkle the feed over every couple of weeks. Right up until about June. And June is when we start to harvest. Once they reach that sort of longest day, which we've just had. Now once harvested, the bulbs are dried in the greenhouse before being hung up in my garage and then used as needed. I use my elephant garlic in the same way I would use standard garlic, except a whole clove of elephant garlic is probably equivalent to about three cloves of standard garlic. But it does lack that garlic punch, so you might want to use it if you just want something with a little bit of a less garlicky flavour. This is perfect for that. I've used it in a garlic and potato soup and it is really nice to eat in that dish. Very easy to make actually, just simply add a clove to some potatoes, onions and vegetable stock, simmer until the potatoes are soft, then blend in a fruit processor, season and serve. As easy as that. Now if you are looking to grow your own garlic and want to give it a try, you can get cloves for planted from the garlic farm or garden centres in about the autumn time. So keep your eye out. Highly, highly recommend you give it a try. Well that's it for today. Thank you for listening as always. Now if you want to get in touch, email me richard at theveggrowpodcast.co.uk Visit the website theveggrowpodcast.co.uk where you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Podcast. Now please take care. I'll see you again next time.